All right, we're live. Good afternoon. It is the 13th of January. I'm here with uh, DJ Trav, also known as TK, and I'm here with uh, Chaz, also known as Big Fridge, and uh, we're going to go over some uh, some Sixers action, right? And we're going to go over a Flyers pre- preview because we got a game tonight, first game of the season yes, sir. versus the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh. So... Um, Let's get let's jump right in. So last night the Sixers played the Miami Heat. They were not injury bug hit them pretty hard. They didn't they only had Tyler Hero and uh Duncan Robinson in really. Um, yeah, they did. So the final score of that was 137 to 134. They beat them in overtime. Joel looks like a real MVP candidate. Ben might as well put him on a milk carton. He's disappeared last night. He man, he had an awful game. He uh, if I watched right after work, and it, it was it was minus his playmaking ability to distribute the ball, and um, it's th- that was a bad bad showing from him. Um, Maxi looked great again. Danny Green looked good. Um, so yeah, the Sixers beat the Miami Heat one thirty seven to one thirty four in overtime. Um, Trev, what are your thoughts on 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 that? Uh, I mean. Ben Simmons, regardless, playing 32 minutes, only with 5 points, 12 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, no blocks, but 6 turnovers. I mean, I'll take 12 assists with 6 turnovers, but 5 points is inexcusable. I don't know why he only shot the ball 2 times and none from 3. I mean, that's, yeah, that happens, but I don't really know. Yeah, it's, um, you know, you're looking... When you're versing a team that just has eight man, men on their roster, and and five of which five of their in their line, five players in their lineup from the last game aren't there, you know you think that the Sixers with Joel and Ben should pretty much dominate that game because the supporting cast for the Sixers is overpowering to the Heat. It it, it kind of blows my mind. Like the first half I watched, they just didn't look like. A normal team to me. They just they were turning the ball over. Even even though eighteen is kind of it's a lot, but it's really not a lot considering you you played in overtime. You can't turn the ball over as much as they did and expect to win every time. Fundamentals. It is. It is fundamental business. It is. There you go. Um, See, when I play street ball, I don't play by that. I'll I'll hug you. I'll tickle you. Whoa. I'll push you. Whoa. You know, I do anything to get the ball. That's yeah, I much. guess you could call that bully ball. Come down in my paint. Be ready to walk away with a bruise or a stump. Pause, dude. Well, hold on. You just you just said that you're willing to tickle someone for that. So are they going to yeah. come away with bruises or bumps or? Are they going to? I mean, it's not always. I don't always pick the the nice punishment for coming in my paint. All right. Well, now that we have that insight, um, the Sixers move on to <laughs> eight and four, and the Eastern Conference are in second place. Um, you know, with, uh, with Seth Curry going out with COVID in the last three games, they've just, they haven't had a full <laughs> lineup, um, three game losing streak they snapped and, and, and Joel really, if you watch his post game conference, he was really big on making sure that, you know, the losing stops now, there's no excuse for, for injuries or whatnot. So I kind of just... You got to put Joel Embiid on the top of the MVP list. He just dominates oh, yeah, the game. That's, yeah, that's where Bleacher Report's got him right now. Mm-hmm. Bleacher Report has him number one. Yep. With Jokic at four. 
Or five. At five. Yeah, and he's playing good basketball too. Like you can't you you can't take that away from him. Like a big man who can distribute the ball, he can shoot, he can do a little bit of everything. Um but when the game is on the line in the in the fourth quarter, you know, they're 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 battling, they came back at, at one point they were down eleven. And for them to come back and you know, Joel just take over. He he just had that it almost had that Jimmy Butler feel to it. Like, I'm not losing this game. Yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah. guys might beat me, but I'm not losing this game. And uh, I think that's exactly what you want because I think last year we would have lost this game. It, you know, there there was no leadership on this team. Um, you don't – there was a lot of big buckets. Isaiah made a really big bucket. Um, Max made a good bucket. You know, so you're getting contributions from all these young guys. Oh, Isaiah Joe. Yeah. Yeah, he. He I had think a. Matthias had a good one too. He I did. Think. He had shot one for four, but one for three from the three. So his only point was a three, but I think that was. A it was a timely one because it was in the fourth quarter when they were, when they were down with, by two with a minute to go, and, you know, like I said last year, they probably would have lost that game. They, it, there was. There was no alpha on that team, and I think Joel now is has the ability to just completely take over the game and and assert his dominance in the in the paint. But how do you stop someone who's seven foot two? Yeah, right. Hitting twenty one foot jump shots, and if you watch if you watch the fourth quarter, at some points Joel's triple teamed. Like you have all of your, I did see that. you have both your guards and a and a and a wing pl- and, a, and a forward. That are trying to stop Joel and B because I guess their game plan was if you if you can stop Joel, make Maxi make Isaiah Joe beat you, because um, at that point Ben did foul out. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just the super you want you, you would think if Ben had six fouls he's playing aggressive you know you kind of respect it, but he looked lost offensively on the court. And you can't take away the 12 assists because that is, you know, when I grew up watching basketball, the point guard is the, you know, obviously he scores. But it's more important for, for the point guard to facilitate the yeah, offense. Ball all over the court. And on any other given night, if, if you told me, like, Ben was, like, 8, 10, and 15, I'm not, I'm not upset by that offensively mm-hmm. because that means you're giving, you're giving your team – your teammates better looks than you. So it's not all about the points, but for you to only take two shots against the Miami Heat, who's they they were in the same position we were. So you think, you know, Ben Simmons is an all-star. You, you think he would take over this game, kind of show, you know, show the league that, like, hey, I'm still a dominant two-way player. I may not have a jump shot, but I'm, I'm here. I can be yeah. aggressive. Um, so... As far as you know, looking ahead with the you know with the Sixers, um, there's a lot of good. You know, it's kind of hard to describe. There's a lot of good feels that go with this team because this team is so deep at almost every position. Even Dwight Howard, yeah, Dwight Howard, ten and eight last night. I think he was four for four for I think yeah, what the whole game. Yeah, yeah, was, and he only played fourteen minutes, and that's all you need, and and that's why. Joel Embiid now has a competent backup mm-hmm. to him, and you can rely on Dwight offensively. Like, you, you would think being so old, he's, what, 36, 37? Yeah. He's lost a step. 
But if you can get Dwight Howard to play 15 minutes a night and you can get that kind of production out of him, you never really have to worry about, you know, when Joel comes off the court being a, a minus a minus nine on the line on the line sheet in like ten minutes. You know, you're not getting dominated while Joel is off the court. So and I know that's one thing that I know Doc Rivers kind of made sure even in his lineups with the with the Clippers and even if you go back to him with um his Celtics, his his teams were very deep and they never they never relied on their t- on their starting five well, yeah, for forty eight minutes. Even though that lo- the Lob City era with uh, Blake, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Jordan. Not only did they have that, I think the year they had Jamal Crawford, J.J. Redick. They had valuable guys on that team. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. My favorite year was when they got Jimmy Buckets. Sixers? Yeah, and then they got rid of him. Oh. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things that played into that, too. Mostly and Brett Brown's bitches. Well, you know, when you talk about the Sixers, you, when you think about the process and totalitarity, you gotta trust it. Well, yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta trust that process, but um you you're getting when Sam Hankey came in as GM, you know, his vision was very clear. It was very in the open. If you can't compete right now, you need to put yourself in a position to be able to compete later down the on down the road. So the Jimmy Butler trade was exactly what Sam Hankey probably envisioned to some degree. You get good players in Dario Saric and, and Robert Covington, and you trade them for better pieces, right? So I'm not saying Robert Covington or Dario or these all-pro guys who you're going to miss one day, you're going to hang their names up on a banner. But for for you to let Jimmy Butler walk is – I don't know if that was a failure on Brett Brown because he went on the J.J. Redick podcast – and flat out said that Brett Brown was not the man running running the show right. That they held team meetings that were just like, why the fuck are we here? Um, and I really, if you moved on from Brett one season after that, then Elton Brand needs to be held responsible for letting Jimmy Jimmy walk too. Because we can play what if all day, and and I'll entertain it right now. Kawhi doesn't hit that dagger. Which is probably the worst thing that has happened in Philly sports, you know, I, in my lifetime. Like, watching that, like, I'll never forget where I was at when I when I was watching the TV, you know, seeing that ball hit the rim four times. Maybe the Donovan McNabb throwing up in the Super Bowl, that was close to being as bad. But for the, Jimmy Butler just to, you know, have the success he has with the Heat – you know, taking them, willing them to two games, and where they had no, they had no business being competing with that Lakers. So, um, but to take it back, it it's the Ben Simmons controversy is this only getting getting worse? I mean, I was talking about this with TK in the in the car when we were getting coffee today, and I said there was reports that are out that Ben Simmons left New York City after. Seth Curry tested positive for COVID-19. Word got out through team managers that Ben Ben left the city, which is a big no-no for the league. It's a big no-no for the clubhouse. It's a big no-no for the team. You could have got your whole team fucked over. Yeah, and so Ben Simmons has been a scratch the last two games. What we're trying to figure out is, is that Ben Simmons um, 
you know, it was Ben Simmons' performance being like, all right, fuck it. You know, like, my name's been thrown around on the trading block. I- I'm not giving all-out effort, you know. I, I can't th- – he's a professional, and I can't really think of – I would hope that's not – You would hope. Would. Or do you think it's the team saying, all right, fuck you, dude. We told you not to do this. You know better than to do this. So we're going to punish you by making you a healthy scratch for two games. Or what if they kept him out to COVID test because he left and he went back. They had to wait for them to leave. What was it, Brooklyn? They had to wait for them to leave Brooklyn to get him to test for them so they could be like, all right, you finally tested negative. Now you can come out and now you can play. Yeah. And then Ben was like, like maybe you said, I hope it's not the case, but hey, fuck you, I'm not going to put the ball in. Or maybe it wasn't Doc Rivers' scheme that night. Maybe he figured, you know what, let's score through a center because I was looking at the Keats lineup, right? Yeah. Very, very, very injury-ridden or COVID-ridden like us. But they had, their starting lineup was Kelly Olenek, Prince, I think it's Prince, Princess Achu. Ach- I, I don't want to butcher that, dude. Precious Achua. There it is. Yeah. Uh, they had Gabe Vincent. Who what? No disrespect, because I can never play in the NBA, but never fucking heard of that, dude. Then the Splash Bros <laughs> 2.0, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Maybe, maybe Robinson, would, maybe they were, I don't know. But where? what would you rather do in that situation? Would you rather have Ben attack Hero or Duncan Robinson, or would you rather have Embiid attack Kelly Olenek, who sucks at defense, and Precious Achua, who I think is a rookie. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I'd rather have Joel go off and have an MVP game like he did, and it shows. Yeah, and, and I don't think the game plan, I, I think no matter what team you're versing, centers around Joel because he's that good. Mm-hmm. But the problem I have with Ben is taking two shots, and Ben Simmons is an all-defense, all you know, as a guard. Yeah. You know, I, I always feel like the Sixers just get punished by shooting guards. You have Matisse Thibel, who's supposed to be a lockdown defender. You have Danny Green, who is a good defender. You have Ben's. All of your guards are these traditional Maxie. good. Yeah, are these good def- defenders. But yet, guards just wreck us. And I don't, I don't understand it. So, and Ben took some bad fouls yesterday, offensively and defensively. So, it... You can be like, oh, he was playing aggressive, which is good, but he just looked careless. He just looked careless with the ball. He looked careless with what he wanted to do. I don't know maybe if he thought that he was just going to walk all over this team, but if the Sixers want to compete, you know, in the in the East, you gotta lock down this perimeter shooting that they're giving up. You can't you can't be giving up thirty points to your shooting guards every night because when, when the shooting guards get hot, that's when that's when these big, you know, seven oh runs turn yeah. to, you know, thirteen or fourteen. And then you get yourself into a hole. And realistically, we don't have the three point firepower, you know, to compete with every team. We are better well, off than last year, don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, but I think that's because of the injuries now. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean if everyone's healthy, I mean, I was just gonna break sorry I cut you off, but I was just looking at this. Corkmaz has played three games this year, and it was the first three games. I think he can be your X-Factor guy off the bench that could hit a three at any time. Because, I mean, yeah, he's got it. Danny Green, 9 for 21. Sure, that's three points. But, like, Curry being out really wasn't, wasn't yeah. an issue. 
And when once they get back and they're full strength, because even Tobias didn't play last night. Yeah. And he's been their their probably their second option this year. Yeah. In my opinion, behind Joel. And he and he better be. He's getting paid max money. He should be and, the second option. Yeah, of course, man. And if if we're if we're going back to what twenty nineteen when when Jimmy Butler was brought in in November, the team revolved around Joel still. But the team also revolved around J.J. Redick hitting his threes. Yeah. So when Seth Curry's not in the lineup, I get it. Like, you, you're not going to have that offensive firepower that you normally would. So you got to play bully ball mm-hmm. to, to a degree. Like, Danny Green can still shoot and Joel can still shoot his, his three. And um, so you got to make a – I'm saying for, like, the future, if you want to be the number one seed in the East, which I think the Sixers have – Complete capability of. Yeah. They are probably the deepest team in the NBA, minus the Lakers. Yeah, oh my God. And it, it's, hard to, it's hard to say because I feel like, you know, the Lakers play a similar way of basketball. They have Anthony Davis, LeBron, who are, you know, LeBron's not a big guy, but he can do everything. He, oh can, my God. Yeah. he can do everything. Yeah. You have Anthony Davis, who's top five in his position. And then, you, you know, you got Kyle Kuzma. Um, you got all the you got all these weapons, and I feel like that's exactly what the Sixers are. They have all these weapons, and if it comes together, it, there's no stopping them. But what you want to see is more consistency. But you know, to, to, to wrap up the Sixers talk just a little bit, um, when James Harden James Harden looks out of shape. He, the dude has that no motivation to play there anymore. And, and yeah, that interview last night looked. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, you're talking about the John Wall interview, right? Yeah, well, both of them, they both, I think, I can't look it up because we're in the middle of conversation, but Harden said some pretty stupid shit. Yeah, and and is that the guy who you want? Because the issue when you're trading people for superstars, which James Harden still is, don't get me wrong, you see a guy like Maxi, right? You're the Rockets. The Sixers have this young guard who who's played really well. Yeah. You're going to be asking for that now. So I like the roster currently constructed. Um if you're talking about Bradley Beal, that's a that would be someone who I could see bringing in, you know, the Wizards bringing in West like you could you could literally let, let Russ mm-hmm. lead a team I'm not saying that they're gonna, they're even gonna be 500, but at least they'll probably be competitive if they get some shooters around Russ because Russ can't shoot anymore. I mean, I don't know if you've ever, if you watch a Wizards game this year, the dude can't shoot. He he just can't. But he's so athletic that he can get to the, you know, he can get to the rim, and it's almost like watching Ben Simmons. You know, it, it, it really is because Russ. I mean, last year I think he shot like. 22% from beyond the arc last season. Like, it was something wild like that. He was hitting the threes in OKC a few years ago, though. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, he's transitioned into a player like Ben who's relying completely on being an athlete, and that's it. Um, but if you're talking Bradley Beal, I'd let Ben Simmons, Matisse Thibel, um uh, if you're the Wizards, you almost can take what you can get because Bradley Beal is getting paid. Yeah, yeah, and I would, I would definitely take Beal over Harden, judging the contract situation. Yeah. Chaz, look up, uh, look up Bradley Beal's contract and tell me how much money he's making this year. 
and what his contract looks like. Because that, that will also determine. Because Ben is getting paid too. Don't get yeah, me wrong. I, but I, I don't think they'd have the money. But if, I mean, the trade as of right now, in my opinion, you'd have to get rid of Tobias there. I hate to fucking say it, but you'd have to. And would you be getting an upgrade with Beal over Harris? In my opinion, a, a big. yeah. But are they, they willing to pick up? Because Russ is is I think the third highest player. Did he? Does he play for the Wizards right now? Or yeah. Did he get, okay, I threw me off for a second. No, you're good. Um, two year maximum contract extended with the Wizards. Okay. Um, which is worth the maximum of seventy two million. So he's getting paid thirty six for only two more years. He's getting paid thirty six million. Begins with the twenty twenty one through twenty twenty season and includes a player option for the twenty 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 three season. Okay, so okay. he has a player option. I, now I don't know because I know Harden ends in two years too. So well, now, do you even do that? Like, do you? Like, let's be realistic here. Do you want another Jimmy Butler situation? Well, I don't know if the Wizards would pick up Tobias. Contract, mm-hmm. you wouldn't dish out a big contract for another big contract. So yeah. you like Ben Simmons, I think is making like twenty four, twenty five. So you'd be saving ten million dollars. You'd be getting a point guard, and who knows, they might move on from Russ halfway through because Russ is a point guard. You know, yeah. he can't play the two. He can't play shooting guard and be effective. Like he could, but you're not going to be effective with that. So. I mean, the Wizards would have to do a complete roster overhaul, but they already did. They already traded John Wall away. So if you're rebuilding, you know, it, you tried with Bradley Beal, John Wall. It, it didn't work. It, it was a good effort. You know, they made the playoffs a bunch. They had some success. It, it just You couldn't get over the hump. Um, now, w- it, would I trade Tobias for Bradley Beal? Probably, yeah, because you're, you're freeing up. You're you're pretty much getting the same player. You're getting the the same contract, I should say. Um, imagine rolling out with a lineup of, you know, oh well, Shake Shake Milton, Bradley Bill, Seth Curry, Joel Embiid, and then maybe Mike Scott. Yeah. You know, you'd probably have to find a a power forward, like a um a power forward. To fill in there, but that could be something done through, you know, a sign and trade or, or something like that. Um, but the future for the Sixers, right? Like, this is the problem when you're eight and four, you're number two in the East right now, you're looking good. So, from a GM standpoint, like, hey, what we're doing is working. The last four games, we haven't had a full lineup, we went one and three, you know, it is what it is. Um, so you just got to ask yourselves, do you like the team? currently constructed or would you rather go in a direction of you know what we're going to assemble the best team on paper and see how that goes so that's the question that they have to ask themselves not so much as the the money the money i i think daryl Morey will figure out like if it comes again yeah. to player i think he'll figure that out um and i think elton brand and his team you know of other managers within that organization will try to figure it out but it, it's a win. It's an overtime win. Eight and four. You know, at least you stop the bleeding a little bit as people get healthier. People come back. We'll have a different, you know, conversation about it. But, um, yeah, that's that. It was a good win. It was fun to watch. Like it was that yeah. was it was fun to watch Joel dominate because when when that dude's on, it, it there really is no stopping him. 
Unless, you know, injuries, but... Yeah. It to be triple teamed in the entire, like, oh, And then overtime. still hitting the, the fade middies. Yeah. Oh, and the jumper looks so crisp. Uh, I'm not trying to ask us, but, like, dude, that... He's an issue, bro. Yeah, he and he needs an to say he looks in shape. He needs to stay motivated as he is. And, um, you know, I'll leave you something to think about. When Ben and Joel were on the court, I think they were a minus six together. Yeah. Sounds when right. Ben's off the court, Joel completely takes over. Now, can you sustain that for 72 games? That time will tell. But, man, when... That was that was fun to watch in the in overtime because Joel dominated. But I I want to start the transition. We got a Flyers game um, season opener against the rivals, Sorry. Pittsburgh Penguins. We got our expert here, DJ Trev, also known as TK. That's good. Um, so I just kind of want to go over what are your thoughts. Let's go over some the, the starting lineups that we got. Um, what what to expect. Um, and. It's good to have hockey back, man. Oh, it my is. God, yeah. All right, we'll hop right into it. For tonight, their projected starting lineup is, well, we don't know the line numbers, but we do know the combos. Um, I'm just going to read them from top to bottom. Yeah, we got them. Up first, it's Kevin Hayes centering Claude Drew and Joel Farabee. On two, it is Sean Gattierier sub <clears throat> centering... Travis Konechny, TK, my guy, with Oscar Lindblom. Good to have him back. Yep. Third line, I'm really excited about. J- or Jacob Voracek, JVR centered by Nolan Patrick. The kid is back. Fourth That's line, a good feeling, too. Oh, yeah. If he can come out and be like he was projected, it's it's done. Yeah. And that team, their depth is good as already is, because that brings me to my next point. Fourth line, we got Scott Lawton centering Nick. Or Knack and Nicholas Albe Kubel with Ro- <clears throat> Michael Raffle on the left wing, which that's a hey, Lawton can produce, Knack can keep shooting. On defense, we got Provorov with Justin Braun. Second, we got Travis Sandheim with Philippe Myers. And the third, we got Hagwit, the new guy, Eric Gustafson. Ghost is hurt. We're not sure about everything. I'm hoping Vino's not Is, is he a healthy scratch, or is he actually hurt? Uh, on ESPN, they have him as an undisclosed injury. Okay, so it, so, could, it could be a healthy scratch. could I'm, be day-to-day. I'm praying they're really not – no offense to Robert Hag, but I'm really hoping they're not playing Hagger over. Well – Maybe he did come in contact with someone with COVID, and they're just protecting him right now. They he tests negative, but they want to be safe because they don't want to, they don't want to miss their their the, the season opener. I mean, Hag's good, but Ghost with Gustafson would be a good one. Yeah. Now, now here's what I'm really really excited about: your first power play unit that they'll be running, <clears throat> according to DailyFaceoff.com, is Sean Couturier centering Hayes and Konechny. Giroux and Provrov on the point. That's very interesting. I think it'll change. I think it will change maybe by the next game or maybe it'll flip it. I think they will end up putting Voracek back up there. Yeah. Who knows for what, but hey, that's your that's your power play. You're There's nothing wrong with, with that second power play unit because that 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 is a top line. Yeah, for sure. And you already know who's got the starting uh, the starting knot tonight. It's kind of hot. There we go. 
Vesna Caliber is going to win it this year. Watch. I, I hope he does. And and to kind of preview the Flyers, right, for anyone who doesn't know who's listening, the um, Flyers will play each um, – will play a game and then they'll play the same team the next game. They'll, they're doing a little small series of two. It's like baseball pretty much. Yeah, um, all the way through. So I, I think you're going to see – it's hard to beat the same team twice in a row. I think you're going to see a lot of splits. Um, the our division is, it, you know, we were going over what like earlier in the week. You know what? Yeah. What the how the divisions line up? So, Chaz, can you pull up the divisions for, um, um, for the NHL this season? Because the only team that I I see as you know they're probably in rebuild mode is is the Buffalo Sabers, but. I don't know because they got they acquired they, Taylor they Taylor did, Hall. They did sign Taylor. Hall. They have Jack Eichel. Maybe, maybe that can carry you to the playoffs, like they are doing over there in Edmonton. Right. With so for the central for the central division, we got the Hurricanes, Blackhawks, Blue Jackets, the Stars, Red Wings, Panthers, Predators, and Lightning. That's a good. That is a good. Then there's our division, the East: Bruins, Sabers, Devils, Islanders, Rangers, Flyers, Penguins, and Capitals. And. Um, Oh, right there. The West Division is the Ducks, Coyotes, Avalanche, Kings, Wild, Sharks, Blues, and the Golden Knights. Okay. And then the North Division is Calgary, the Flames, Oilers, Canadians, Senators, Maple Leafs, Canucks, and Jets. And then which one? That's the West, right? No, no, that's, that's the north. north. That's that the seems like the division. weakest division to me. The it's really there's two teams. Well. I'm sure we can either do it now or we can do it in another episode. I mean, our, I think our in, final prediction. I think in our division, we're we're pretty stacked. Uh, yeah, like our, I said, like I think we're we're one of the best teams in our division. Our division's psycho, but a lot yeah. of aging teams. That is a that is a lot of aging teams. Yeah. So, I, I guess we'll we'll go. Uh, it's probably important because to get to the show, you need a you need a what? I think you need to place top three in each division. For playoffs, yeah. For for plus this year, I think they're running three from each, and I think a wild card. How that sets usually how it always is. It's just different aligned. So, what teams, Trav, do you think from our division? Do you think be, being the, you know, something that we're gonna have to look at to compete with? Um, in my opinion, I think we are first. I think well, we'll, we'll tell tonight. I think Pittsburgh is really on the downfall. My buddy Max, Maxie Gallagher, hope he's listening to it right now. He said they look declining. Who knows where? Who knows how they do? You know that is an agent roster. Um, Washington, they'll be with us. Who knows? They got a rookie goalie in now, Ilya Samsonov. Maybe. Um, <clears throat> on my bookie, it's got Boston as plus. Boston's ahead of us to win the cup right now in odds. That Boston decor is so shit. It's not even funny. They lost too many guys. And especially when you're losing Chara and Crew. Now you got McAvoy and a bunch of third line D pairs. Yeah. I, I don't. Maybe if Rask in that first line, Pasha. Demarcan. Marchand, yeah. Bergeron. If that can carry you to the playoffs, maybe the first seed, kudos to you, man. But I think what the three teams. Oh, I forgot to say. The Islanders are up there, too. I think it's going to end up being Philly at the top, Islanders at two, Washington and Boston bound after three, and then the other one gets wild card. Yeah. The Rangers, 
Go ahead, sleep on me. Fuck the Rangers. I hate them. They're not good. Yeah. I'm just putting that out there now. You'll never be anything like the Flyers. Shesterkin's nowhere going to be near good as Hart. And fuck you, Rangers fans. And yeah, that's... that's me. It, there is no, you know, freebies in this division. You know, even even the Devils, you know, with Blackwood coming in at, at yeah. that minder, like, you, you got to think that he's going to take, you know... Some type of step in the right direction, and um, I you you just got to ask yourself: Will the Flyers struggles against the Islanders in that series? Because even though it was a what seven game series, I, I think the Islanders flat out dominated us in about six of them. I I I don't like you said with the I don't want to put the Flyers goggles on, but I'm really not because I'm gonna talk shit on them right here. That offense was inexcusable in that playoff run. Yeah, inexcusable, and if not, and against Montreal wasn't that good either. Cordero saved our ass in that one. Two shutouts. I think if they had the fight, if they never went into a break, none of that, none of the yeah. Corona did not happen. They kept the season intact, and they were on a nine game or ten game winning streak when they when they stopped. Yeah, I think they would have kept rolling. They would have won the President's Trophy, maybe. They def well. They got first in the playoffs. That offensive firepower would have kept together. I don't. I. I don't see a team that's beating them. I really yeah. don't. Even in that play, the the seating, the top four seating, that offense was rolling. So, we'll see the the issue that I have. Right, if the Flyers rolled out and they didn't have the playoffs to see for the seating for the top three teams, I would be like, all right, maybe maybe you know there was some time lost, but they played against the top three opponents. Um, in the East, and and they and they beat them like handedly. So that was their time to like reintegrate into, you know, full speed hockey. Yeah. Um, and I I really do think that's why you're seeing some line changes this season because that that Giroux Coots Voracek line has been there for a while for for years, and I think for Elaine Vigneault to move Kevin Hayes to the top. Um, center in position. I mean that 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 guy's fun to watch. He's like have a monster here. I I, I think so right too. Now, he even in the scrimmage team. game. I, I think those two are going to go hand in hand. As far as like the Claude Giroux expectations, I'd be comfortable with twenty twenty five goals. I want him to facilitate more, like he's like he's always done. If he can get into like the forty forty five assist range, like he like he's now far removed from his hundred and two point. You know, point season yeah, where he lost. Sure. He lost against Taylor Hall, um, for the um for the trophy. Yeah, um, yeah, and I I think Claude has a big chip on his shoulder, um, because the big topic of conversation right now is Claude Drew had no goals in two playoff series that went to di- thirteen games. It's not a small sample size. Travis Konechny is also an a person who I think I hope he stays up with, with, with what he did last year. <clears throat> yeah, and you know when you're, I think when your team is good, when you sneak into the playoffs, you got like you got something to prove, right? Flyers were the number one seed, easily should have beat the Canadians. Carey Price, you knew was going to steal them a game or two. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking for some, you know, some leadership from from Travis at least. I don't want to put like an arbitrary goal mark for him, but I want him to shoot the puck and score because that's what he's getting paid to do. He's getting paid to enforce 
when he's on when he's on the ice, I think everyone benefits from that too. The speed that he brings, the the intelligence of you know when to take the shot, this shot selection has always been good. Um, so for for Konechny, who's he lined with this year? He's on the third line, right? Uh, no, the third line. I'm th- pretty sure is going to be. Uh, the Vorchek. Pa- yeah, the Patrick Vorchek JVR. Okay. Um, oh, I got to pull it back up because I closed it. But I think – I wrote him down on, think, on our uh, agenda sheet. Okay, yeah, TK – okay, yeah, TK's with Lindblom and Coots. Uh, that's a great – I think – That's a great yeah. lineup right there. That's mm-hmm. a great line. Yep. I mean, I just – Lindblom was going crazy before he sadly, you know, mm-hmm. with that business – but if he can go back to like he was playing, and TK can go back to like he was playing, that the the four, no one's beating us with that forward group. No, I think even at your fourth line, you're deep. Like you no, are very, yeah. you're. I think Knack is something special, and I think Lawton is is a is a top center. I think he could be a top two center oh, yeah. on almost any roster. So let me let me bring the conversation to Chaz. Um, if anyone doesn't know right now, Chaz is producing this. He's doing a great job. Um, what are your expectations for the Flyers? Like, or is it Stanley Cup or bust for you, or do you want to see, you know, some growth, or do you think they're just not there growth, yet? To be honest with you, because like bringing up the playoffs like last year, I want to see some of the people that didn't show up that are young kids show up mm-hmm. because they they now been there, they know what it's like, and they know what it's like that they know what it does when you don't show up. They yeah. know what happens to the team. And the team fell apart, kind yeah. of, a little bit. Man. I mean, so I'm hoping, like, TK, Travis Konechny, I hope he, if we go back to the playoffs, which I think we will, because we got a strong team, yeah. young team, um, with some some veterans on there, which is good, because they can help out the young kids. Yeah. I think you'll see him show up a lot in this playoff run, because he knows that he did not show up last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, and he's also on the on the starting power play, so you know he's going to get some good looks. It's not a matter of like, – I don't like to put you need to score this amount of goals, you need to get this amount yeah. of assists. But if we are, Travis Konechny should be a, your 30-point goal scorer because that's like a good mark of – you're scoring once every every two games almost. Yeah, 52. Can you look that up? How many games are playing this? I think it's 52, or it might be 58. For what? How many games are playing this year? How many, yeah, on the NHL season? It's something, 56 I, I think, maybe? Yeah, I think it's 56, but let's just double check. So if you're playing 56 games, I would be happy with 20 goals from oh, him. Oh, yeah. Well, the 20 goals would be 56. great. 56. 56. There you go. Thank you. So 20 goals from him would be phenomenal. Um, but this this is going to be a weird season, no matter how you spin it, because COVID-19 is still in full force. Um, you're seeing the NBA. I mean, the NBA is playing games – not to take it back, but I have a quick point. If you listen to Joel last night, Boston did not play last night because of the COVID thing. They haven't played two. Yeah, they so but but you're making the Sixers play yeah. shorthanded. And in yeah, the shortened was... season, every game matters. So I get his frustration. So with the hockey season, we'll I, see that. Exactly. And I think the Flyers are the biggest beneficiary of this because they are so deep. Well, yeah, the, with the taxi squad now, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got guys on that taxi squad, which is what they're calling it this year, that can fill in just like that. Ghost, boom, right on the defense. More Moran, Mor- who knows? He's Morgan like, Frost. Morgan Frost is there, yeah. Farabee. Well, Farabee's on the regular line. Okay, he's, he's on the starting lineup. Wow, I forgot. Morgan Frost did not make that rock. I think he's on the roster, but I don't think he's taxi squad. 
Well, it's I look up you know you know what you know yeah you know yeah you know if Nolan Patrick doesn't yeah if for whatever reason his his health you know deteriorates over the season I I pray not man you got it but if it does you got a very competent young center who can dish the puck so I'm not worried about if it comes to COVID nineteen I think the Flyers are the deepest team oh yeah so um, do they have all the star talent in the world? No. They they don't have the the Kucherovs and the Stamkos and they don't have you know the Connor McDavid's, Patrick Kane's, the you know the Sidney Crosby, the you know Malkin lines. They don't. You got you got basically two veterans on your starting lineup, mm-hmm. Giroux and Kevin Hayes, who I think is the best hockey player on the club. Um I, I you can make an argument for that. Um so when it comes down to COVID-19, I'm not really worried about that for the Flyers. I just wonder if they're even going to make people play the games because the NBA is picking and choosing when they want to sit out games, and and it will cost them money to do that, so their bottom dollar is getting affected by it. But the NHL, I think, did a really good you know job last season with um, especially like the playoffs of centralizing these teams and almost doing a mock bubble in mm-hmm. a sense. So... That's something to look forward to. Um, so we know the lineups. The Penguins are an agent team, in my opinion. Um, what, DraftKings has has the uh, line at minus one and a half for Flyers? Minus one and a half, and money line is minus 121. Minus 121. So um, expect that to go a little bit, probably. I, I got to imagine it would go in the Flyers' favor just a little bit. Yeah, I um, hope. I could see it ending up being minus 130, but... What I want to see is them be super aggressive, super fast, super disciplined. Because when you have an Asian team, in like like the Penguins are, they play together for so long. Yeah, they're probably not going to make these mental mistakes. Yeah, no. With the lineup changes, with the with the that the Flyers have, there's not a lot of continuity between the off season. Um, no neutral zone turnovers, um, or limit them. And you got to help your goalie out. You don't want – Carter Hart can save you the day, but you don't want him taking 40, 50 shots. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of the point because Carter is still young. And um, I, I think defensively we're, 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 pretty, we're pretty good. It's all that's going to come down to it. Are the Flyers going to beat themselves or are they going to beat the other team? And, yeah. and, and pretty much 28 out of 30 teams in this league. So that's why I'm hoping the Claude Giroux, the Jacob Voracek's, you know, the Sean Couturier's, the veterans of this team pull through and basically, you know, lock down the mental mistakes that happen in a that, game. And I hope they also, like like I was talking about earlier, kind of coach some young kids that, that have never really been there. Like, I'm talking playoffs. So, like, this goes for playoffs, but they coach some kids that have never really been there. Like how to play because it's a totally different way of playing once you hit playoff hockey because it's a lot faster because you're going up against people that aren't in your division and it's a lot more mental like you can't take take dumb penalties you can't it's a lot more like of that where like in the season you can get away with like poke checking and tripping something by accident but in the playoff when speed is everything and you lose a guy it'll just crush your team taking dumb penalties like that even fighting will take dumb penalties yeah because like. Think about, I'm adding on to what you're saying because you're exactly right. Okay, you could lose a game in a season, right? And then you'd be like, all right, we'll get them back next time. Go out, win two straight. You're back there. Playoffs, you lose one. 
You're down you're, one out. You're fighting. You're, you're oh, digging yeah. yourself out that whole playoff. Traditionally, round. you would have to win an away game yeah. to get back in the series, which is hard in some places. And like, like, especially with like, it's even hard with fans. But with no fans, I feel like it makes it even harder because like, to me, like sometimes like when I'm playing and 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 like, not fans so much, but like the other teams talking crap. Yeah, it makes me play harder because it makes me like, okay, let me just shut them up. So it makes yeah. me play harder. So there's no fans there, so they don't really have anyone yelling at them that's, like, making them, like, all right, I'm going to shut this guy up in Section 3. Yeah, like, and send a like, message. Be yeah. like, yeah, we're not. Not like that they say that anyways because they probably can't even hear what they're saying. Yeah. But still, like, even, like, or, like, they lose on the road and they come home to Philly and mm-hmm. then the Flyers pack their stadium. Like, I feel like that's also a big part, like, just playing and having, knowing, like, you lost a game and you come back and your stadium's roaring for you guys. Yeah, the other team out, kind of like. So, so let me ask. Let, let I me feel ask like you, it's Chaz. Just this year, playing with no fans. Fifty. Year. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. So, there's fifty six games in this season. Give me a rough estimate of how many games you want the Flyers to win. Mm, this is hard. Cause like I'm not just thinking of the division games. I'm thinking of like out of division games where well they're they're sticking in division till the playoffs. Okay. Because I was just going to bring up a point. That narrows it down a little bit. Yeah, then. I'll bring down the... Honestly, I would go maybe like... Can't really go... Can't really go half. But like... In around there, like... You thinking upper 30s? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Upper 30s, lower 40s. Yeah. So just... A... I think they're going to win a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to lose some tough ones that are going to stink. Because every team does. Every team... Yeah. Every team loses a few every now and then, especially with the – I don't know if they're doing it this year. They probably are, but they switch the goalies out to give them a break for yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of teams, when they switch them goalies and they just – that goalie's not fresh. Mm-hmm. Like, he's fresh because he hasn't played a lot, but, like, again, just sitting on the bench doesn't keep you warmed up for a game because it's yeah. – like you said, sitting on the bench is different than being in that crease and being aware and stuff, so – that's what the that's I valuable. feel like a lot of their games that are going to be lost are the ones where they switch the goalies out. Yep. So so and it's nothing it, on the goalies. It's just these. Yeah, you need up yeah games. And, and to put this kind of in the perspective of in an eighty-two game season. So if you were to win um, forty-one games in the NHL in your season, you would get eighty-two points, which would not be a playoff position. So twenty-six wins. Would twenty six wins would give you fifty two points. So that would be if you're scoring. If you're only at eighty two points in the NHL hockey season, you're not competing for the playoffs. So, as far as a uh, you know a win per, I would say I'd be comfortable with mid thirties because you're going to get some OT losses. But I think the teams that are going to benefit the most too are teams that have two competent net miners because. With fifty six games, you you are going to pressure starting goalies a lot because there's not a lot of games you can afford to lose. So you're going to want your be- best netminder, you know, on ice. So, but like Chad said, eventually you're going to have to give this guy a break. So these games that the maybe the six or seven or eight games that you're going to give a break to your to your goalie for, you need to win at least half of them. Right, so the Flyers with Brian Elliott. I don't think that's a problem. I don't think that's a problem either. If you go four and four in an eight game stretch where Carter Hart's not playing, I consider that a win. You're not hurting yourself 
you're you're not shooting yourself in the foot. You're just not going six and two or seven and one, which yeah. is fine. Over the course of fifty six games, yeah. that's fine. And considering that, like Brian Elliott doesn't get as much ice time as Carter Hart does. Yeah. So, yeah, like in practice he gets ice time, but like I said, you you step into a crease during a game, it's a different speed. Yeah. You're playing different people with different ways of handling the puck and different ways of shooting. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think they're completely fine. I think Brian Elliott's yeah. more than fine. I think that... Yeah, because I forgot. He used, he he started first before Carter Hart came. Yeah, him so and... So he uh, still... Yeah. Neuverth used to play. Uh-huh. But um, I think... Not to change the topic too much, but I think their issue's going to be the playoffs. Because like you brought up earlier, I was going to add on to it. The speed... The, the, they're going to be playing guys that they haven't played all year. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, I was just looking up Colorado's team. That team is scary. And you can only and watch you, so much film. Yeah, you can only, yeah. You can't and usually. Like, you got to put the tunnel vision goggles on. Pretty like, much. You just got to go out there, play your game. Like, whether yeah. it's just chipping one in and playing a hell of a defensive game. And playing, sure, man. yeah, and dumping the puck and chasing it. But that's not going to work with them speed teams because you're not going to be able to get around them. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. slow team, but I think they'll be fine. Uh, we're starting to get some speed. I mean, we're starting to get up there in speed, but not much. Little steps at a time. And, and I like you guys said, you guys, we want them to play their game. So I'm just running the calculations. 30 wins and like six overtime losses because that, be, that would be 66 points. I yeah. think our overtime that, would be dirty. That, I think our overtime is going to be good. It's yeah, hard to say. We're so top-heavy. Three, yeah. three on three hockey, it's, there's a handful. It's like the Tampa the Bay team. The only thing maybe, that scares me. Maybe Dallas and maybe um, the, Avalanche. the Avalanche. The only thing that I think is going to make a change. like Or Edmonton. Is if we go into a shootout because after our first few guys for shootout, well, our lines are pretty much yeah. We, ideally, all the other guys are pretty much equally the same. You could, yeah. you could have a fourth line guy go out there in a shootout and put one in, just like yeah. Scotty Lawton did. Just, yeah, at the same time, you're exactly. right. I guess it depends on the goalie. Yeah. yeah. Ideally, you wouldn't want to get to that point. Yeah. But what I guess what I'm trying to say is yeah, not 30, every game 30, goes to a shootout. There's Thirty like wins would two, probably get you to the to the show. There's maybe about like two or three. Maybe four. I mean, I might mm-hmm. be underdoing it, but that go to like in around a shootout. Yeah, especially this year with going like playoffs. How they run playoffs? Because well, every year they run playoffs this way. You don't go to shootouts. You just keep going into three overtimes until the game someone scores. Yeah. Well, I think you know the kind of like bring it full circle a little bit. The the Flyers' expectations are sky high, right? It's it is almost Stanley Cup or bust. Um. Best sports team in Philadelphia. I, I agree. I, I, I do agree there. They are the deepest. Yep. They've been since probably the Eric Lindros era. Um, Maybe that 2010 team. Don't yeah. That team was, that team was deep. Um, so I'm excited. I want them to get on the ice tonight and to send a message. I want like a 4-1 victory. I'd be happy with a 3-0 victory. But... I just want the mental mistakes to be down to a minimum. I think Elaine Vigneault is really good with discipline and making sure his team's ready to play. I don't know what happened in the playoffs. I, I really don't. The Islanders, just I, I think we're a good matchup for them. Yeah. But um, if you want to take that next step, you can't beat yourselves. Like, you yeah. can't – you got to play your game. When it comes playoff times, you adjust. You adapt and overcome to that. Don't worry about what you know what Colorado is doing. Don't worry about what the Lightning are doing. You you gotta you gotta put the tunnel vision on these like eight teams that are in your division, um, so that way 
because once playoff, as we saw, number one seed in the East, you know, made it, got a good matchup against the Islanders and, and you know, and lost because Flyers were playing the best hockey in the NHL. They took down, they took that Boston, Washington, and the Lightning really easy. Like, I mean, it, it looked like this team was like destined to do, you know, go to the cup. So, you know, to kind of wrap it up, um, T, you guys are in the high 30s, which is, I, which is realistic. I'm more inclined to, I want them to be, you know, upward trending for the last five, six games, go into the playoffs hot. So whether that be 30 wins, whether that be 38, 39, um, I think it is going to be tough to get to that mark only because you're playing the same team twice back to back. And when, you know, just like I feel like in basketball, when you verse the same team back to back nights, it's usually a split because yeah. you get to adjust. The team that wins is usually tired. Um, but the Flyers have so much talent on this roster right now that I'm not worried about it. I think 35, 36, 37 wins is easily feasible. Um, but I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. Who do you guys think the player of the game is going to be? Are we picking three or are we just picking one? Just one. Yeah, no, why don't we do three, the three stars? The three stars. We'll do because uh, usually they'll give them to both teams. Well, that, I was gonna put in my opinion from Pittsburgh too. Okay, sure, yeah, let's do. I mean, I think honestly, go three to one. I'm trying to think. I'll I'll go. Yeah, because I, I got to think a little bit about it. Because I um, I think um. I think Kevin Hayes will be our star of the game, mm-hmm. followed by um, Carter Hart, then followed by Claude Giroux, and then I Sid Sid see, just kills us. Sid see, just kills. Us. I, he, I think yeah, he's going to. It's he's funny gonna get you it. say this because I remember the stamp or the Winter Classic when it was at the link, and they were talking about facts. And Sid always plays his best game against Philadelphia. Yeah, and honestly. Tonight, and I've never had this feeling about it before, but I've had I have a gut feeling that Giroux is going to be up on that board, and I feel like Sid will too. And then the second flyer, I don't know. That's a this one's a shot in the dark, but I think Travis Konechny might show up tonight too for okay. start of the game. Who's your third? My third. I didn't think that far yet. All right. Well, we got we got to cut the break soon anyway. So this is we're we're just wrapping up right now. So Trev, give me your three stars of the game. Give me a give me a penguin who who you think is going to end so up. It's going to be the third star of the game. My second star of the game is going to be Oscar Lindbaum, and the first star of the game. Like it. I'm going to have Kevin Hayes. As there we the go. Star of the game. All right. So we're we're both in this in the same page. All right. Um. This is this has been fun. Um. I'm gonna do um give a shout out to Anchor. For uh, the software that we do our podcast on, um, it's really easy to use. It's free. Um, every single podcast, I feel like we're figuring out more stuff of how to do it. You can uh, you can trim the audio. You can add sounds. You can add opening. You can add closings to it. If you're just beginning to you know, if you think you and your buddies ever want to do a podcast, because we're just three fucking idiots doing this um, three delusional yeah we're just sports fans yeah. just talking shit on yeah. our teams and uh, it, it's funny because I, I think anchor completely allows you to just have a genuine conversation about it other softwares like when you have the computer up it there's all these buttons and settings you have to go through for every little thing if you're just looking to sit down with your friends and and, and talk and talk about whatever you want i think anchor is the best way to go it goes um 
so as you gain listenership and and you know sponsorships, right now we're on seven different um, streaming agencies, and we are on Apple Music now. We we got approved to be on Apple Music, so that that is cool. So whenever if if when we go to share our our, um, our podcast today. Apple Music is obviously the one that we want people to look at first. Um, they are paired with Spotify. See, Spotify has been Apple Music for me because I I listen to podcasts a lot. Yeah, Apple Music is my go to because I just find it easier to type specific people in that I want to hear, and like I can type in moods that I'm in. Yeah, and it'll show me a lot of like um, podcasts that just hit that like yeah. hit what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. whereas like. Spotify sometimes not, not because they got some of the like good pod like Joe Rogan's on yeah there too. Yeah, yeah. But like, I find it harder to find podcasts I like on Spotify sometimes because yeah. there's so many on Spotify. Yeah, and we will be going to YouTube. I know we talked about that. We're gonna Making get some. We're, we are gonna get some equipment. So, um, I think Chaz is. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna hook it up. Um, Chaz likes producing, right? You you kind of like being, you know. Mm-hmm. The stat finder and all, so we're gonna have we're gonna hook him up with the equipment that he needs, um, but yeah, just like and share the page whether it's on Spotify, Anchor, Apple. I mean, Christ, I mean, I was you saw the list of of the shit yeah. that we're on, um, yeah, make sure to like and share us and uh, go Sixers, go Flyers. I'm excited. Oh, before we got two minutes left, final score of the game. Oh, okay. You wanna go first? I'll go yeah. last again. Yeah, I think it'll be a close one. I'm going, going with my gut here, three, four flyers. I feel like all the Penguins games okay. are close yeah. in scores. It's just a real real defensive and offensive game at the same time. Okay. Chad, what about you? Um, I like what Chad said about a close one. I'm going to try and go pretty quick here because we're running out of time. I'm a confident Flyers fan. Give me 4-1 Flyers, baby. There we go. I had the Flyers at 4-1. to one. I think this is a, a – a, a staple victory to open the season. Now we'll we'll see how we play tomorrow. And I know tomorrow our podcast will be due with Flyers review of what we like, what we didn't like. You know, obviously it's hard to say what needs to be changed after one game, yeah, but one we'll game. Yeah. we'll determine that tomorrow. So everyone have a great a great day and we'll catch you tomorrow. Go Flyers. Go Flyers.